We as human beings have a tendency to assume. Our brains are always looking to be one step ahead. Because of that, we start to think we know what someone's thinking or where they're going. This show breaks that convention and will help us to come back to the present and wait for the answer. Happy New Year and welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, and this is your guide to Kaleidoscope. Everyone gets to go through a different journey through the show, and I'm also excited to see if they can put it all together before they get to the end. It was a big challenge for the filmmakers. There's no such thing as an unbeatable vault. But also, it's a big challenge for the audience. I hope they take the risk. We want to see something cool. People are not linear. We contain multitudes. We all have these different parts, and at different times in our lives, we put different things forward. There's something about this structure that can speak to that. It can speak to character in that way. Loyalty is worthless. All it comes down to is you versus the people who want what you have. We're doing this. And you manipulate them better than they manipulate you. Yo, we go get into this series, this series, this series. But before we do, how have you been, my friend? You look freaking amazing. Look at you sitting over there looking like you look when you look how you look. (laughs) Yo, we back at it. And Kaleidoscope, if you are not aware, is a Netflix series that is premiering today. January 1st. This is a series that I saw trailers for. I believe the first one may have been very late November. And I was excited. I am someone who loves heist movies, shows, properties, books, anything to do with this ragtag group of, I don't know, outcasts or combination of like different people with different stations in society coming together to rob something it could be noble like a robin hood type of situation or it could just be i want to steal a diamond (laughs) i don't give a damn i love it and if you love it too let me know by using the hashtag cbn pod when you live tweet this episode when you listen to it and when you watch kaleidoscope please be sure to use that hashtag cbn pod give me some of your thoughts some of your opinions some of your feelings Let's make this an interactive experience. I'm going to go over some of the maybe key facts, key ideals, key things behind this series. And uh, just to prepare you for it, if you haven't already pressed play or if you've pressed play by the time you hear this recording, you're like, uh, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so this is um, labeled as one of the biggest heist ever. Now, when the ball dropped on New Year's Eve, you want to be sure to crack open this biggest heist. Now, this show was created by Eric Garcia, and this was previously titled Jigsaw. But I do like the Kaleidoscope title um, because two things. One, it just sounds a little bit more interesting. And two, if I can reach back to 2022 for a second, and I'm going to show off some of my blind spots when it comes to language. In English specifically, 
Before Beyonce dropped Renaissance, I could not spell Renaissance without the assistance of uh, Google or the um, autocorrect feature on my phone. Now, thanks to Beyonce's Renaissance workout plan, I'm the envy of all my friends, and I can spell Renaissance like the back of my hand. I firmly believe that because of the plethora of times that I have written out Kaleidoscope, that I have mentioned this show, that I have created videos about this series, I too will now be a pro <laughs> at spelling the word Kaleidoscope. So, um, so there's that. <laughs> I know that's silly, but I... I know there's someone out there that feels me that's, that's leading that same story, that same life. So with Kaleidoscope, this is a anthology series. So they're titling it or selling it as a um, crime spree that you've never seen. And the trailers kind of sort of prove that. And But there's as much as I'm looking forward to this show, I want to kind of play... I don't know, Satan's advocate for a second. So at the time of this recording, I have not seen a single episode of Kaleidoscope. And they're saying it's something different that you've never seen. But what from what I watch with like the making of the show and then the trailer, I would venture to assume or to believe or to think that this show is actually much like the high shows you've seen before. Just expanded on and broken down in very intricate ways now i could be wrong but from my point of view shows like uh leverage with aldis hodge i love 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 that show i am addicted it is very much campy corny and villain of the week but i feel like because i've consumed so much heist media the little bit that i did see about this show seems to take a heist and kind of zoom in on every single piece. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but it makes sense to me. <laughs> so if it makes sense to you, let me know. But we're going to continue on with the guy because I don't want to get too wrapped up in my own personal feelings about like those things. Because whether I'm right or wrong, I don't care. I'm just excited for the show. So... Um, Kaleidoscope releases on January 1st. So some of you may have already started. Some of you may be getting to this podcast later. Some of you uh, may just learn about it from this podcast. And if you do, you're welcome. <laughs> so the cast, who's in it? Now, I'll say this. There are three people who, though this is like a mixed cast and it spans over um, a bunch of episodes, there's three folks who I don't know if they are the leads per se, but I know they are the names that have been pushed. Now, I know that the first one I'm going to mention is um, kind of positioned as the lead of the series or just in case they may be, you know, tricking me in all of the imagery that we've seen in all of the interviews that have been released. This first person seems to be the person who is leading the charge. There is Giancarlo Esposito, which I freaking love this man. He can act in anything and I will watch it. He can put himself in a Tyler Perry film. He can put himself on Sesame Street. This man can sit in front of a camera and read a combination of ABCs 
and Huckleberry Finn. And I will watch this. I will watch him act because he's so good to me. He reminds me of a variant of Mario Van Peebles. And there's no true explanation for that aside from maybe I maybe learned about them at the same time or in my younger mind they've melded together in some sort of way but Giancarlo Esposito you already know him phenomenal um this next one Paz Vega now I'm not familiar with her but she has been in like a lot of the marketing and a lot of the things that I've uh, found researching this film as like one of the top folks and I think she's the young lady who is kind of the on the legitimate side, but helps Giancarlo. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going to make too many predictions. And Miss Tati Gabrielle of Sabrina fame of you Netflix fame and now of Kaleidoscope. And then additionally, season four of you, she is the love interest slash Lee. I cannot freaking wait. That is my girl. I just wish we could see her in finger waves yet again. Now, there are a few other people, a few tons. Um, I'm going to go off their names. And guys, remember, I know this is a new year, but I am still terrible at pronouncing names. I will give it the good old college try, but forgive me. Charge it to my head, not my heart. We have Rufus Sewell, 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 uh, Peter Mark Kendall, Rosaline LB or Elbay, Jai Courtney, uh, Narut. Mm. Nayusha Noor, I know that's wrong, Jordan Mendoza, Su Jiong Son, and Hemke Madeira. Now, again, charge to my head, not my heart. Uh, cash that check, y'all. Now, what is the plot? Truly, it's a heist movie, it's a heist show. But it is spanning 25 years. So the show follows a crew of extremely masterful thieves who work to unlock this supposedly unbreakable vault. And they're doing this for this huge ass payday. Now, before they can get their hands on the cash, they have to make it through a few things. A um, corporate security team, which that's something that I always enjoy when you have a heist and... They're, you're not dealing with police, but you're dealing with these people who, because I, I feel like that's the one time you can kind of get a loophole of creating your own Avengers in a show or a movie and having it still not feel too removed from reality. When you have to get this specialized team to protect something and their things, even if they're not huge, burly, strong, muscular people, if they're like extremely talented in one area, like an extremely talented, coordinated gymnast, and then a ninja, and then a spy you didn't find. Like, I like that. But they have to get through this um, hugely, severely, immensely powerful corporate security team. And in addition to that, they have to get through the FBI, which that's something that I don't particularly care for. I'm not against it or for it either way, but I think that it could be interesting, um, especially if they're doing these things simultaneously and not like, one, get through security, then two, get through FBI. But however they give it to me is how I'm going to take it because I want to experience the show in the way that they want us to. But I, I, I like that. And I'm also hoping that we have more foils or more adversity than just these two entities 
throughout the entire show. Like if it's family, like, oh, you're always stealing. You're, you're never going to be nothing. Or if it's like a relationship, like, oh, if you keep stealing, I'm not going to be able to be with you. Or like the stealing has gotten in the way of their personal lives, which ultimately affects their professional lives. Uh, something of, think of it like Seinfeld, because that's the first show that comes to mind, where something that one character does that could be not huge, more like B or C plot material, ends up drastically affecting a different character in their A plot type story. I love those things. So it is, um, quote, it is loosely based on something that might have happened. This is what Garcia said. After Hurricane Sandy, $70 billion worth of bonds got flooded in the basement of the DTCC, which is a large clearing effort that owned by a bunch of big banks. To my mind, I was like, well, that's a perfect cover-up for a heist. Now, here is where the interesting thing starts. So like any great puzzle, you'll have to piece together Kaleidoscope as you watch it. The reason being is that this compelling crime analogy consists of eight episodes, but you won't be watching them in sequential order. I freaking love that. And I love it because it is a way to take something that is relatively regular, crime, heist, this things that we've seen before. You're not really reinventing the wheel, but you're presenting it to us in a different way. And you could easily just give everyone the same viewing experience. And, you know, you don't want to know about spoilers and Easter eggs and this and that. But the way in which they're presenting this show is so freaking good. And also, because it's presented in this way, you don't have to watch it that way. You can do whatever you want. So since it won't be given to you in sequential order, each viewer will have a very unique, immersive experience. Now, the new high series is told through uh, streaming. So every viewer will enter the crime at different moments in time. And that's what I, oh, y'all, if you can tell, I am really getting my rocks off to this. I fucking love high stuff. So uh, when you watch Kaleidoscope, all the information is there for you to be able to connect the dots and know the story. This is what uh, executive producer Russell Fine said. He said, um, you know, you're, you're going to have all the information available to you. But this um, Mr. Fine also directed two of the episodes of the show. So that's not only are you getting the executive producer, but you're getting someone who has directed two episodes, two out of the eight. So I don't know that there'll be an Easter egg in like the quote of him, but I do love this idea um, that we're all getting the same experience. We're all getting the same facts. Uh, we're all getting the same. Uh, I would just say facts, facts of the story, but we're getting them at totally different times. So the way in which that I consume this show I might love it, but then someone else may get a different entry point and they hate it or someone else may get it and they're like, oh, this is confusing. But then once they watch whatever third episode is presented to them, it all makes sense. And this is especially exciting for me because I have consumed so much media from childhood that a lot of shows, movies, books and the like that I consume. I can predict a lot of what's happening. And this isn't like a flex, like, oh, I'm just so great. This is just a fact. 
um, during the reign of CW's Tom Swift, there were a lot of key things that I was able to discern like on the fly, like while watching it. And to the point where the um, co-creator and um, um, writer came to me like, hey, how the hell did you guess this? You know, of course, after the fact, after it was revealed. And I was like, well, because the X, Y, and Z, this is this and that. And it's so, if I can gush for a moment, like that, getting that message really um, kind of affirmed this silly shit that I do just by watching TV. Because it's not even always true crime or mysteries, like even in romance, uh, rom-coms. Um, fantasy shows, and I'm not right all the time, but a lot of the things that I perceive is are, are right. And I wonder, again, me kind of gushing on myself for a second, sometimes when I am consuming this media and it doesn't go the way that I have in my head, it's not because I'm thinking traditionally and that's it, like follow this formula. But sometimes it's like, well, if you had did it my way, that's in my head, this would have made more sense or this would have been more compelling. Um, I guess that's why I'm a writer. <laughs> another another quick aside, I am, uh, what does John, John and Jackie say? A sidebar to the sidebar. I um, am also a writer. There'll be more of that to come this year. So <sighs> strap your seatbelts on and get ready for that. So, getting back to the show, Kaleidoscope, consuming it in different points of the heist is so exciting, so interesting to me. And your different viewpoint of the heist will affect the story. And Garcia says, being able to move around and watch different order gives you a different viewpoint on those characters. There are questions that are going to be asked in one episode that are answered in another episode. Similarly, there'll be answers in an episode that you're watching that you don't even know are answers to something else until you see the question when you watch a different episode, which is so exciting. And the episodes are titled like yellow and green and whatnot. So it's not even one through eight. So you, I don't think we'll even be able to put them in the quote-unquote chronological or right order, well, depending on, I guess, the description of the episode. But I don't know that you'll be able to initially, like maybe after the show is said and done, you can kind of put them together. But I'm really excited to see what does this look like. Um, and again, as someone who likes to guess and take a stab at the plots and the plot twists and the storylines and whatnot, I love... I love this idea. I will be consuming Kaleidoscope, uh, and I want to see how is it presented to me. And I love that they changed the name from Jigsaw to Kaleidoscope and then titled every episode after color. Because even with that, the color itself may be a clue into um, either like an Easter egg or a question or answer something that though there are different colors like in a kaleidoscope, the colors themselves may allude to something bigger in the story. I'm just excited. But y'all let me know, is this something that you're interested in? Are you going to watch Kaleidoscope? Or are you like, hell, this is too much. I like my shows from one to eight. <laughs> and if so, that's fair as well. This feels like to me a 
Black Mirror type series. Like one, it's an anthology series, so that's why. But two, the fact that we're getting it in this non-traditional way, that also feels Black Mirror. And I don't know that there has been a Black Mirror episode that has been similar enough to this. What I do know is Black Mirror feels like the perfect place to have a bunch of pilots <laughs> for potential shows smashed together, eight of them, and then call it a season. That is like <laughs> genius. But it feels like Black Mirror in the way that, what is that other Black Mirror season about the guy in the TV stuff? What was that? It was Bandersnatch. I remember that. And I didn't finish that season. Not because it was just terrible. It, I think it came out during a time where there was a lot going on personally. A lot going on with podcasts. So I was like stuff to consume. And I want to say I watched two, maybe three episodes. And I was like, eh, nah, this ain't for me. Which is odd because I love British TV. I love um, the Black Mirror style of making a show. Because I think you get so much more out of it and you get a variety that you don't get with regular TV shows. But that's neither here nor there. So let me know, y'all. Are you interested in Kaleidoscope? Are you learning to spell Kaleidoscope like I did <laughs> without assistance? <laughs> are you excited for maybe the concept? Maybe are you just as excited about high stuff that I am? Or is it perhaps the cast? Um, some of the names that I butchered, maybe you know them from other things. And you're like, oh, this is exciting to see them. Paz Vega specifically, because I'm not familiar with her. Um, just let me know. So this has been your guide to Kaleidoscope. Uh, check me back here again for the next installment of Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. Go over to the social medias for Twitter while we still have it and follow me at the handle Carefree Blurred. Same thing on TikTok where you can find the majority of my time is spent ranting, raving, and praising representation in comics and related media at Carefree Blurred. Um, if you must email me, do so at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com and be sure to include the content a keyword or something about the content of the message in the subject line i would appreciate that and y'all until next time stay carefree stay nerdy stay geeky and if you are involved in a 25 year heist that is perceived at different points in time please be sure to be one of the folks that gets out alive with the cash like stony and set it off <laughs> All right, y'all. It's based on a potentially real story. After Hurricane Sandy, $70 billion in unregistered bearer bonds were flooded and lost. My first thought upon reading all these things was, oh, someone made off with $70 billion and is using Hurricane Sandy as like a really good excuse. This is Bob Goodwin, his wife Judy Goodwin, Ava Mercer, Stan Loomis, RJ Acosta, and Leo Papp, the mastermind of the operation. Leo is a master thief, master criminal. He wants to strike into that vault for his team, but for him it's never been about money, it's been about revenge. We crack the safes, extract the bonds, and no one's the wiser.